Hello and welcome to the Maximum Effort Podcast. I'm Laura. And I'm Stephanie. And I apologize for last week's episode because my sound was <laughs> way wrong. I didn't realize until I listened to it uh, that it did not go through my mic as it should have. Oh, man. I'm hoping mine turns out all right. Yeah. I was listening to myself all frustrated. I was like, no, <laughs> my audio. <laughs> but once again, I am a... Uh, I'm recording from the barn because my husband and son take over the house and play video games far too loudly. So <laughs> I'm drinking a beer now. <laughs> Ooh, I, I've got a, a zero ultra monster, you know, keep me awake and sane. You do love monsters. I was always a Red Bull fan myself. See, not me. The only time I like Red Bull is when it's mixed with vodka. And there are different flavored Red Bulls now that there didn't used to be, like back when they first came out. Yeah. Those are pretty good, but I like the original. But I also know that I have to restrict myself to one. There was one time when I had basically pull an all-nighter for work. They're like, you're going to watch kids for this lock-in, but you have to stay awake all night and then drive home at 4 a.m. And I was like, I don't want to crash. I'm going to need some caffeine. But then I also had to wake up like two hours later to go somewhere with my husband. And then I, I drank another one because I was like, I have to stay awake now. Because <laughs> it was like, so my, it was three Red Bulls within like a, I don't know, 12 hour period. And I thought I was going to die. <laughs> like My heart was beating so fast. I want to downgrade to doing like coffee at home. I just haven't taken the step yet. Like I've got the yeah. Keurig. I just haven't yet. I like making my own coffee. I have the the 2.01, so it has the frother attached. Ooh. So I make myself lattes, or you can make yourself cappuccino. It's good stuff. Then Fancy. I bought the filters, so I don't have to use the pods. Like, I can buy whatever kind of coffee I want and just put it in the filter. Ooh. It's awesome. Definitely fancy. And I don't have to go to Starbucks. I can just make my own <laughs> Right. So their their quality of coffee is going to be a lot better than just the random stuff I find on the shelf. So, yeah, Starbucks messed up with my order today. Oh, I, no. I ordered a I ordered a grande, but I ended up with a venti. So I'm not going to like oh. be mad about it. I mean, you upgraded me for free. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, I, I also bought a, a grinder so I can grind my own beans fresh. Ooh. Because, I mean, to be honest, I only have one cup of coffee a day, maybe. So if I'm going to have it, it's going to be good. <laughs> Otherwise, I feel like I'm just <laughs> I'm wasting my time in the coffee if, it, if it's not good. Oh, I'm definitely going to need my monsters tomorrow. Uh-oh. I have to wake up super early and work all day because I started my new job. And we have a mandatory meeting at 9 a.m. Everybody has to be there. And then I notice that I'm scheduled for a double tomorrow. <laughs> oh, so get up super early and then also work all day. Correct. So like my first shift starts at like noon and then my second shift starts at four. And so it's I'll just I don't know how long the meeting is going to last. I know we open at like 11. 
So I'll be there anyways. Wow. Let's be there all day hanging out. <laughs> oh, so how excited are you for today's topic? So excited. <laughs> so excited that I forgot to look to see what it was. Stephanie. <laughs> now, I wanted to talk today about, like, we have this kind of true crime obsession mixed in with, like, you're obsessed with the horror. I was always obsessed with, like, ghost stuff as a kid. And what I kind of want to blame it on is, do you remember those scary stories to tell the dark books that were out when oh, we were yeah. kids? With, like, creepy stories, but the drawings were really what did it for me. Like, the freakiest, like, black, white, and I think red. Like, there wasn't really any color to them or anything. But they were just so creepy looking that I think that spiraled with like my obsession with goosebumps and um what was that Nickelodeon show um so are you afraid, are you of, the afraid dark? of the dark yeah I think so the dollhouse one for that one freaked me out the most I think I was obsessed with that one if it was on I was gonna watch it I was watching all of those um like ghost adventures and all the different stuff growing up. And I think what started my whole obsession was my 11th birthday. No, it might have been my 12th. I can't remember. But I remember I had a birthday party at a hotel and somebody thought I needed a Ouija board for my birthday. Oh. Kids, parents. <laughs> I hope no kids are listening to this because we cuss, <laughs> but to <laughs> yeah, each no. their own. Um, don't play with Ouija boards, folks, because uh, it's terrifying. Um, I got, I think that's when I got obsessed because one of the girls at the party had asked who her crush was, and apparently she had told nobody there. So nobody there knew who her crush was, and it correctly answered it. And she flipped out. I know she, like, she was crying and she was freaking out. I'm like, what is going on? And I remembered um, I decided to use it one night alone. I was at uh, Grandma and Grandpa's house and I was in one of the spare back rooms, you know, the room off the living room. And I was thinking about my aunt who was killed by a guy driving the vehicle drunk. Um, and I was thinking about her one night and I just decided to set up by myself so I knew I did not move it like I just wanted to be like is this real like is this is silly right yeah like that's what I thought and I put my hand on it and I had asked is my aunt watching over me and it went straight to yes and I screamed and I threw the board and I ran out of there crying I was happy to hear that she was watching over me <laughs> but in the same sense I was now terrified because I did not move that and there was nobody yeah. else sitting with me that would move it. So I remember I was like, okay, pause. <laughs> and I think after that kind of like spurred it for me, yeah. I would watch a lot of those ghost shows. And then I went to, oh gosh, I went to a cemetery one night with now, obviously, but an ex-boyfriend of mine, we were dating at the time and it was his best friend as well. And we were 
riding around taking pictures just randomly into the night. And there was a lot of like orbs and all the like the one section that was like a lot of babies. Like there were orbs everywhere. I remember being like, that's weird. There's no rain. Everything was just like, like, why are there all these orbs? Like the whole picture was covered in them. Well, I remember we ended up going up these stairs because this was a cemetery in Grand Haven. And we went up these steep stairs. They were really hard to walk on. And that's where the founder of like Grand Haven, Spring Lake Ferrysburg, that's where he was, his resting place was. And we were all standing there talking. Also, we heard something. We heard like a noise. So my ex got on his friend's shoulders, grabbed my camera, just took a random picture, handed me my camera and was like, all right, let's go. And I had those, those, those kitten heel flip flops that we used to wear back in the day. You remember those? Lord, mine were bright pink. And I could, there was no, like, I got up the stairs barely. There was no way I was going to get down them. So he threw me over his shoulder backwards so that he could walk me down. So I was facing up the stairs and I could clearly see this blue figure come at me, mouth open, yelling. Ah. And I almost wet myself. I went, I screamed and I went flying off of him and I booked it to the car. And as soon as we got in the car, we're driving away. I'm like flipping out. Come to find out his best friend had also seen it. So oh, it wasn't really? just me. I thought wow. it was crazy. He had already gotten down and he was watching us and saw it go at me. Apparently. Because we were both flipping out. And I was like, like, wait, you saw that too? And he's like, yeah, we need to leave. And I'm like, so I'm not crazy. Well, that night I got home and I handed my camera to my mom. And she's just uploading it to the f- computer we had you know back then the computer rooms and the big boxy computers yes on the digital cameras that you know they weren't phones they were actual like small cameras everyone carried around yep because hashtag i'm elderly um Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i was sitting in the living room like watching ghost adventures like in the dark like at this point glued like after my experience and my mom screamed And I went running into the living room and all she did was just like point at the screen. And there on the camera where he had taken that random picture was the figure. I still have the picture. I'll have to send it to you. And when you zoom, it's it's a blue figure going out of the ground with its arms up. You could see a round head and arms going up and then it's coming out of the ground. And when you zoom in on the face, you can actually make out features. And I zoomed in and I looked at its facial features and I was like, that's what came at me. And it was blue. That's so weird. And the weird thing is, is that people in the area called, and I didn't find this out until after the fact, they called him the blue ghost. Oh. Because others have seen it. And that was kind of like, okay. That was like my new obsession with like true crime and everything horror. Because at that point, I was like, I'm all in. <laughs> what a way to spend your afterlife. <laughs> yeah. Just freak the crap out of people at a cemetery. Um, I've never used a Ouija board, but I've always kind of wanted to, but using it correctly. Because <laughs> everything I've seen, people will run away from a Ouija board in a movie, and I'm like, no, come back. You didn't close out the set. You have to close the board. You have to say goodbye. <laughs> 
Like I was, I kind of figure a Ouija board is almost like when you're communicating with a spirit through like a EVP session or you know something. You're you're talking to it either way. I I guess mm-hmm. I don't really get why the board specifically is the only thing that people would be afraid of. Like if you have the um, the stick things that you can ask a question and they can cross or move apart for like yes or no. But I would think anything you're. You're communicating with a spirit. You're opening a door, essentially, or you're opening a window right. where they can come in and talk to you. Like, no matter what you're doing, it seems like you would need to close that out every time. Just be like, okay, yeah, thank you, goodbye. This is the end. We're ending this. Done. Yeah, you def you definitely do. That's the big. That's the big part of it. Is you definitely need to close it out. Um, I think it's because a lot of people have had some really really bad things happen with Ouija boards um spirit stuff like with with the talking devices and yeah things can happen um when we my best friend and I went to the Aokigahara forest in Japan she had a spirit box with her and um we didn't turn it on yet we were just walking through and it was that area that I think I told you about before like one moment you're hearing birds chirping and then it's like you cross into a zone of death. Because, yeah, it's like just a, silent. Like, or like a dead zone. It's just silent. Not a bird, not a stick. Like nothing. You hear nothing. No wind. And we sat down and she just turns it on. And what it does is it jumps through stations mm-hmm. and picks words out of these stations. So it's all static at first. And then it picks out nothing had spoke to us. So there was nothing that, you know, we just sat there for a minute with it on, just seeing if anybody needed to speak or, you know, if anything, if anybody had anything to say that, you know, they wanted to bring up and close it out. Okay, thank you for your time. You know, have a great, re- you know, kind of a thing and closed it out and left. Continued our walk through it. But it was, it's de- it was definitely an experience. But yeah, the Ouija board, <laughs> those you definitely can't hear the speaking and usually in a lot of those places a lot of those like from at least from what i've noticed the spirit boxes and stuff the voice is different usually um when it's something that's not friendly like it's really like it almost sounds like super sinister from what i've noticed on like shows that i've watched and documentaries and things but with the ouija board you can't see anything it just moves. So you don't know who you're really communicating with. It could be somebody yeah. pretending to be somebody else. Like everybody always says it's probably a demon pretending to be a ghost trying to let you in. And I uh, just kind of like gave up on Ouija boards. Uh, yeah, like the same. I think that could be anything, though. At any time. You could just be in your house not having anything and open a door. It's like yeah. no matter what you gotta close it out so i guess i've never really gotten why a ouija board <laughs> maybe that's because what everybody had like you could just get them and do yeah, stuff like still, that you can still get them yeah at walmart like i've seen them yeah. and i'm like oh no nope i'm gonna pass yeah it's weird because like yeah now you can just get a evp thing on your cell phone you can get a like there's spirit box apps you could get so I think it was just because that's what everybody knew back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like with us growing up, it's like, oh, there's just this fun little game that you play and nobody talked about 
closing things out and nobody talked about the proper way of doing it. Yeah. Like that was bought for me a child at a birthday party. (laughs) Yeah, that's not a good idea. And mine was glow in the dark. Oh, well, you can see it when the lights are off then. Yeah, do it in the dark. Let's charge this sucker up with some solar power and then, yeah. Well, you know, that I I think part of it, we we didn't have much to do. We did not have the internet. We didn't really, you know, like, if you didn't have cable TV, there's only so many things to do. And we were all so obsessed with, like, scary stories and books and then playing, like, light as a feather (laughs) with a group of girls, basically doing witchcraft. (laughs) Like, I watched a lot of those ghosted, like, those ghost shows and stuff growing up. I wasn't really big into horror movies yet. Because I didn't know what to watch, you know. I hadn't watched anything until I had gotten married. But, like, basically the the most that I had watched beforehand, it's more of, like, a thriller kind of versus horror. It's Mm. ghost ship. It it doesn't get enough praise. It's one of my favorite (laughs) movies of all time. Ghost ship. Yeah. Do you know what ghost movie I really liked when it came out was uh, that Harrison Ford one. I think it was What Lies Beneath. Mm-hmm. When I think it's Michelle Pfeiffer's his wife mm-hmm. and she starts seeing things. So you get like thriller plus ghost story. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, an excellent there was, movie. Uh, there, it was, like I, that one was a big one. I watched Chucky as a teen, but <laughs> that was really bad. I've hated dolls like, ever since that came out. Seriously, because well, because my thing is, is like I didn't watch it until I was a teen. It was on at night. I had a doctor that put me on medication. I don't know if I ever said this story before. Thank you. But he put me on medication where he was like, take this at night. It's going to make you sleep. Well, like grandpa, medication does the exact opposite for me. It woke me up. I could not sleep 4 a.m. doing Tai Bo in my living room. My mom was so mad. (laughs) But then I was like, okay, what do I do now? And Chucky was on. And so I sat in my room and watched Chucky. And I swear, I thought that thing was coming to get me. (laughs) It horrified me. But like, I had never, you know, I never really watched any of the classics or anything. It was more thrillers. Um, There was one, I'm trying to remember what it's called. And I know the actor, like I see his face, he's big time. But for some reason, I'm blanking on it both actors because the other the girl was in you might know this she's in twilight after she grew up she's blonde she was one of the bad vampires was that one of the fanning sisters dakota fanning thank you yeah yes (laughs) name right on the dot dakota (laughs) fanning when she was really young it was like she just it chills me her acting it is fantastic but her father in it he like there's this, all this stuff going on. I don't want to give it away, but it's just crazy. You don't know what's going to happen until the end. And that's what kind of makes it scary is that it's like this big thriller. And at the end, you're like, what is going on? <laughs> but after I got married, I started watching all of the Halloweens and all of the Friday the 13th and all like everything. And yeah. No, I'm just kind of like, because before then it was all true crime. Yeah, I watched all those when I was a teenager. 
And then something happened to my hormones. I don't know what. I met my husband and we started dating. And then all of a sudden, like, the stuff that I used to like watching freaked me out too much. So I couldn't watch it anymore. <laughs> like, Dawn of the Dead, for some reason. I was like, no, fast zombies. I can't watch this anymore. <laughs> and I, I've never watched any of the, like, Saw or Hostel or anything like that. That's just too. That became, like, more gore Saw. than horror. And I just, I couldn't do that. That's where I draw the line. Like, because I, like, I can deal with blood now. I couldn't growing up. I can deal with blood now. But why is this just straight gore? It's not scary. It's not thrilling. There's nothing to it but blood. Like, what is Uh, the point? I don't want gore just for the sake of gore. Right. Like, if it's somehow in there because of this other overall plot that's more like a, you know. Mm Mm-hmm. More of a story than just people being hacked to death. Yeah. And that kind of like started my obsession. And like creepy stuff. Yeah. But for true crime, I think that kind of hit for me. (laughs) JonBenet Ramsey, like being Mm. a child and then having the news constantly obsessed with this child was, I don't know. And I already, you know, the constant... Who did it? Who do you think did it? Um, yeah. I had a feeling from childhood when that was all going down that I had a feeling I knew who did it or at least had part of it. I think her brother did it and I think her parents covered it up. There I said it. Don't at me. Like, that's just what I feel <laughs> it is. Like, it's become obvious. Like, why? Oh, my God. It wouldn't be surprising. Evidence. Her brother was disturbed. Like, when you hear some of the facts of the case, you're like, there's something off with that brother. (laughs) And I think they covered it up for him. Yeah. Be sad. Well, then there's uh, the whole Madeline McCann thing when she disappeared. Mm. When that family was on vacation, which, whoo, they, uh... I can't believe all of that behind that story. Like how she was even able to be taken was none of the parents were there. They were checking every 10 minutes, but 10 minutes is a long time for somebody to slip into an unlocked back door of where they were staying and grab your kid and take off. Why are you just going to leave your kid unprotected alone while on vacation? Like it's just, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Time period. I don't 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 know. Yeah. Yeah, that's just crazy to me. Um, like, oh, we want to have our adult time and be at this restaurant eating and drinking. Like, you know what? You brought your children on that vacation. Right. If you want an adult vacation, only go with adults and not children. Have a babysitter set up for your vacation. Like, I don't want to blame them like- for the kid being taken, but I'm also blaming them for the kid being taken. <laughs> No, I get it, 100%. And then um, one that got me, too, is we're here now. Like, I'm in a different apartment complex. Like, or or a different building and a different apartment. But when I first got married in 2011, these were the apartments. Like, this whole area complex itself was where we had moved in right after getting married. Um, we, We didn't like it, and I was getting really off feelings i don't get that off feeling anymore side note when i get off feelings and i feel something 
isn't right, it's not right. Um, I've learned, I don't know how. This sounds like woo-woo, witchy. I don't know how I know things are going to happen. I don't know how I can literally tell you what's going to happen before it happens. And then it, exactly as I said, it's weird. But I, it was something like I couldn't even go out to my car at night without like having an anxiety attack. I would run out to my car and run back in and immediately lock the doors. I had one person trying to break in my apartment one night while my ex was working third shift. And I'm on the, on the couch watching the other guys. <laughs> yeah. And I had to sit there with his gun pointed at the door because someone was trying to break in the front door. And then my neighbors were fighting, like fist fighting in front of my window. And I ended up calling the cops and sleeping with a gun that night because I was terrified. Like, so I knew something was up. Right after we moved out and got and bought our house, right after we moved out, a woman went missing from our co apartment complex. There was a bar across the street. It is no longer there. There's a bar. And apparently she left there and nobody saw her again. There was apparently, I got to look into it all. But from what I remember, there was like a homeless man that was like staying in a tent or something behind the bar. And he said that he drove her home, but she was married or something and she didn't want him seeing where she lived. So she had him drop her off at the entrance of the apartment complex. This is what he said. And he had said that. That was it. She she just got out of the car and started walking, and I never saw her again. Yeah, because a woman we were... would just take a, a random ride home from a homeless man. And it would have been across the street. Yeah. Like, it's not. She just like, walk. Right. And none of it made sense to me. And I'm like, this is all, like, really fishy. But nobody could find her. She just, like, disappeared. She was in the Navy. It was all, like, really, like, talked about in this area. And then after we moved to Japan, they ended up finding her body in a ravine. Oh. And I was like, so. And I said this to my ex. So are we to discuss how it was correct to be afraid <laughs> of that place at night? Like, like, can yeah. we just like, okay, no, okay, fine. We'll discuss this later. Like, I knew now I don't get that feeling. Yeah, I wonder if it's because of like your past experience of having some, you know, bad stuff happen to you as a kid that your intuition is just like kicked way up. Well, it's it's it gets really weird sometimes. Like um and and what I mean by predicting and this gets me into true like horror and and crime and like witchy stuff cuz it's like it confuses me on how I like with the intuitions how I can know these things. Um right before we moved to Japan, I had been excited at first and all of a sudden I started getting sick. When I start feeling sick over something, you're not going to like what I have to say about it. Because whatever <laughs> I comes out of, no, I'm, I'm serious. And that sounds so weird because what comes out of my mouth is going to happen and it's not pretty. Like 99% of the time, there might be a 1% where I'm off, thankfully. But usually when I, when I say it's going to happen, it's going to happen just like that. And I start getting really like my stomach just started killing me and I start getting like anxious and I just was not feeling it. And everybody's like, this is going to be exciting for you. And I'm like, yeah, they're like, you're, this is going to be a great experience. I was like, I don't know, man, I don't feel, I don't, I don't feel right about it. And they're like, what are you talking about? I was like, because I'm going to tell you exactly what's going to happen. 
when I say those words, run. Just, just, <laughs> just be like, nope, I don't want to, I don't want to know because I'm telling, I'm predicting. And it's so weird because I'll go, I'll tell you, I went, I'll tell you exactly what's going to happen. Shortly after I get there, grandpa's going to die and I'm not going to have the money to get back for his funeral. I just, I, I know it. Three months after we moved, he passed away and I did not have the money to get back for his funeral. Wow. It's, it's shit like that. <laughs> that kind of is like, how do I know these things? Because <laughs> like I felt it in my soul. I just, I knew, I was like, I'm telling you, there's, there's nothing, There's because we had filed our taxes, but we hadn't gotten them back yet. We ended up getting them back into our account like while we were there for the funeral. So I wouldn't have wow. been able to make it for it anyways if I waited until that money came. Luckily, the Red Cross and the military paid for our trip, our tickets. Okay. They almost didn't do that. The Red Cross like went after the military in front of it. They were like, okay. <laughs> oh, wow. My, my, my Red Cross liaison was like, I'm going to make sure you go. Like, okay. <laughs> like, it was really bad. Um, but I remember like hearing it and I just, it was like, I have nothing. I don't have the money to buy plane tickets to fly from Japan to America. I, yeah. And it was like, it hit me. How did I know? And like, um, with my ex, when we were moving there, I wanted to leave my car with my mom. I knew she would take good care of it. I knew it was going to be fine. And he was like, no, I'm just going to leave it with, with my dad. And I started getting that sick feeling. I was like, I don't like the idea of that. We should just leave it with my mom. He's like, no, no, no. We're going to leave it with my dad. I was like, I don't like that idea. He's like, why? And I was like, I'm going to tell you exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> I said, what's going to happen is they're going to have your sister driving it without, without our knowing, without us knowing they're going to have her driving it around. Something's going to happen to that car and I'm not going to have the money to be able to fix it all. Or, or no, what did I say? I said, oh, and then we're going to have to be sitting there fronting all, fronting all that. Something's going to happen to that car. No, 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 no. It'll be fine. Okay. Well, when we went back for vacation, that because when I was working at, I bought us a vacation to go to Mississippi and Michigan to visit everybody. I was driving around my car and it had been handling wrong. I don't know. I didn't know why it wasn't driving correctly. Yeah. And I'm sitting and his sister's in the passenger seat. And I'm like showing her something in my car. I was like, oh, yeah, this does this. And she's like, oh, yeah, I remember that from when I was driving it. <laughs> Silent. Because nobody told us that she was driving our car. We had that yep. car on. Um, we had it on storage insurance. And that's what I said, too, when I had told him what was going to happen. I said, we're going to have it on storage insurance. Something's going to happen to that car. And we're not going to have it covered. And we're going to have to foot it. He's like, no, 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 no. And so I was like, oh, oh, yeah, that's right. Played it off. As soon as we got back to the house, I pulled him aside. I was like, I told you. And now there's something wrong with my car. I like laid into him. I was like, and this is what I told you. Come to find out his grandmother told us. Oh, yeah, no, I told them to tell you. Otherwise, I was going to tell you. They didn't tell you. And we're like, no. When we drove up to Michigan, it was handling really bad. It was driving really bad. And we didn't know what was wrong. I thought it was my tires. I had to buy four new tires. I didn't have oh much gosh. money left because I was paying for the entire vacation out of my tips that I had saved up. So I had to then use the rest of our vacation money to buy four new tires on this car. I barely had enough money to get us back and gas money to get us back to Mississippi to catch our flight to Japan. 
Wow. I barely, I barely made it. I didn't think I was going to have it, but thanks to Discount Tire, I, I was able to afford it because they're cheaper than everyone else. But I put four new tires on it, and it still wasn't handling the best. After we moved from Miss, uh, Japan to Mississippi, come to find out she had, I don't know if it was her or her dad, but they had rode it too hard, and they hit something. Because come to find out, three of my wheels, not the tire, not the rim, three of my wheels, metal wheels yeah. were bent. They just like jump bent. a curb or something? Like what the, what the hell? But even the guy that was looking at it was like, how do you bend three out of four wheels? Yeah. Like you can bend one. Like if you hit a curb real bad with one tire, you could bend that wheel. Yeah. He's like, how do you damage three out of four wheels like that. He's like, they must have been riding it hard. And I'm like, <laughs> did they ever pay for any of the damages? No. Oh, no. Wow. We had to we had to then replace all of the wheels on top of those tires. Just to get it driving normal. I was I'm scared. Needless to say I'm mad. But it was the prediction for me. And I'm like, I don't like the fact that I can predict things sometimes because usually the things that I can predict aren't they're they're not the happy things the things that I predict well you know what though (laughs) you get a warning and then you just gotta trust yourself with what you say is gonna happen and then you prepare for that (laughs) that's you telling yourself somehow it's weird and I I do because the guy at Speedway that was freaking me out in his vehicle I was able to keep me from getting stolen because I fell off about him and I hid in the back room until he left because I was scared of him. Yeah. And then I had another incident that I think I mentioned before where a car was parked on the driver's side of my car and they had their door slightly open and one leg out like they were leaning out and I was trying to get to my car and I was afraid. So I played one of those videos that you talk back to they give you like lines to say Mm -hmm. so that you know they think that you're on the phone with somebody and I did that until I was able to get in my car and drive away and then I turned it off I was like so I I get these off feelings and once I start getting anxious I like take measures now because I'm like oh not today Satan (laughs) (laughs) you know I think that's kind of why this constant true crime obsession makes people paranoid, but I think it's also made people more aware where you wouldn't be otherwise. Like, yeah. do you know how many times back before there were even cell phones that you'd just be like, yeah, I want to go by myself. And we wouldn't think anything of it. But then the more you're exposed to it, the more you're like, okay. <laughs> Which is why when I went hiking, I was prepared for everything. I was like, you know what? Chances are slim that we're going to come across somebody on the trail that's crazy, but you never know. I'm going to bring something with me to de- to defend our group because none of the rest of them are prepared. And what, what do they say on uh, my favorite murder? Pepper spray first. <laughs> Apologize. Me. It was... Yeah, see, I had a situation the other day at my new job. One of the hosts came up to me and she was freaking out. It was night. We were working at night. And 
she came up and she was freaking out saying that one of the guys that was in there was like in her face, like got real close to her and was like looking for the manager, but he was like acting weird. And she's like, I mean, okay, I can go get him, but what do you need? Oh, because he, he is the only one that can correctly call, contact the, an Uber or whatever. She's like, all right. But he was like being really weird with her. And so she was like talking to us. She's like, I'm really freaked out. And I said to her, I said, well, just keep an eye out. So, cause I'm going to be here. I was like, and if he's still here, when you're going home, you come find me. I said, cause don't worry about what I got, but I'll walk <laughs> you to the car. I said, I'll take care of it. She laughed. Cause I got that. I got that key still. But after I yeah. said, I think I realized that I have the key in my car. I need to put it back on my keychain. Like reminding yeah. myself tonight, put it back on my keychain. But like that fake. Is that what? Key. Oh, is that the um, the one with the pokey things? Yeah, the self defense key. Yeah, that you sent me that looks like a key. Yeah. When I was like, "Oh, you're moving out on your own again. I'm gonna be your dad. Here's some stuff. Here's a glass breaker for your car, and also something I have you that in my car. Someone's eye out, or it's also a screwdriver. So it's multi purpose. The the glass breaker thing that you got me came with two. Yeah. So I put one in my mom's car and one in mine. So I'm like, no matter where we're at, we, we got it covered. And I've got it right next well, to my door. Well, it's glass breaker slash seatbelt cutter, right? Like it'll mm-hmm. do both. Yep. Yep. I'll be the dad. Everyone should have one in their car. It's just safety. <laughs> have one of them and a first aid kit at all times. <laughs> but it just reminded me I needed to get that self-defense key out of my car and put it mm-hmm. back on my keychain because it came off one day. And I'm like, nope, that's going back on because now I remember that's what I needed. <laughs> but he left. So she was fine. I was yeah. like, if you need someone to walk you to your car, I got you. I got your back. She just laughed. She's like, thanks. No problem. I got you. Don't worry about what I got. She laughed. <laughs> yeah. Well, my friend and I went somewhere together and it was really funny because I was like, uh, heads up. I have my uh, gun with me. I'm licensed. Just so you know. And I was like, also, because we couldn't bring that in where we were going, mm-hmm. but I right. still had my pocket knife on me. I was like, I'll cut a bitch. I don't care. <laughs> I would be prepared because we were leaving in the dark and we had to walk like one or two blocks to get to her car. So it's like, if I can't have my gun, I gotta have something. Man, these true crimes get us. Yeah. And it wasn't really a place where they like checked super hard to see what was all in your bag so oh that reminded me of my honeymoon oh my gosh we took my car we had my brother-in-law drive us in my car to new orleans where we were getting on our cruise ship to go to mexico and he was taking his taking my car with him and my sister-in-law was going to drive it i did not have an issue with this sister-in-law driving it i did not get that feeling and she in fact did not break my car so we're good But, but i was like Oh, what was it? Oh, I totally forgot that I kept an expandable baton in my in my purse <laughs> because my ex had bought that for me because I was working at a Walmart in this town that is known. It closes at midnight when every other Walmart was 24 hours before COVID. Yeah. This one was made by the state to close at midnight. It was because there were drug dealers. People were getting shot and stabbed over parking spaces in our parking lot. Oh, my gosh. A guy that I used to work with actually heard it and was like there. It's a ghetto Walmart. Yeah. There are drug deals in the parking lot. And I remember I used to cry because I'd get out at midnight 
and I would go to my car and people would be banging on my car windows as I'm backing up, like wanting money and stuff, just banging on my driver windows. And I'm freaking sobbing, just trying to like back up my car and not die. Yeah. So he had bought me one of those expandable batons. Totally forgot it was in my purse. So he takes my car and leaves. So we're in line to get on the cruise. And all of a sudden I see a sign that says, absolutely zero weapons. And all of a sudden it hits me. Oh, shit. And I said that out loud. And he turns to me. He's like, what? I was like, my baton is in my purse. And he goes, oh, shit. I'm like, <laughs> okay, maybe we'll get lucky. Maybe we're just going to ignore it. Not just like act like we'll ignore it. So we forgot it was in there. (laughs) And when you go on the, on these cruises, you have to put your, your purse and your belongings through the middle, like through the screening process, like you do for like getting on an airplane, um, planes and stuff. Yeah. And so it went through and they're like, Oh, and as soon as they were like, Oh, stop that. I was like, shit. I knew what they saw and they pulled it out and they're like, expandable was on. I was like, Yeah. And it was funny because the one lady stops me. And she goes, oh, what priest? Or she was like, if you want to take it out to your car, you can go bring it out to your car now. But we just can't let you take it out. And I said, no, my car's gone. They they already left while I was waiting. Um, so I can't. And she's like, oh, well, what precinct do you work for? We'll just send it there. And I was like, I don't. I work in the ghetto. And they just started laughing <laughs> so hard. Like, the lady just kind of looked at me. I was like, I, I just needed it for protection. And she's like, oh, okay, well, we're taking this. I said, okay, can I get it back when we come back? And she's like, no, no, it's ours now. I was like, okay, thanks. I was like, damn, I liked that thing. I yeah. learned how to use it, too. I would carry it. And i just, oh, come at me, bro. Like, so you need another one. Now I need another one. Say what you're saying. So you need another one. And maybe you can paint it to look like a lightsaber. So when you take it out, you can do the whooshing noise. So also... (laughs) Just pull it out and be like, shwing. Have my phone in one hand. Play the whooshing noise. Yeah. Ah. (laughs) Not um... only do I know how to use this, I'm also slightly crazy, as you can tell from how this is painted in the sound effect I just played. Don't mess with me. me. Think of uh, oh my gosh, it makes me think of like that's why I made that ah noise. Uh, I saw it on a Jenna Marbles video where her and Julian were watching videos made about them, and they liked that that vine. It's like country boy, I love oh, you. Yeah. And they yeah. were talking about it on a stream, and they're like, "Oh, that'd be hilarious as like sound effects for Star Wars." And they're like, oh, well, you said it. Somebody's going to go make it now. And one of their fans did it immediately. Was that one of the meme reviews? And do it. And someone was like, yes, one of the meme reviews. Like, country boy. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, that's what I was like. That's what I made think of. Oh, my gosh. Now I got to rewatch that video. But yes, maybe I will paint it like a lightsaber. I feel like we've gotten off topic a little bit. Where were we? <laughs> True crime. Oh, I remember I was going to talk about now. Books that would come out about serial killers. And I was so obsessed with them. And I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was this one book that I, I probably shouldn't have read it. But it was called Hunting Humans. I don't even remember like 
who it was by or when it came out, but it had these like real in-depth things into serial killers like Bundy and, you know, like all the, I don't want to call them popular, but yes, the popular serial killers that like everybody knows. And it was like Mm -hmm. graphic details of the things that did they did like Ed Kemper and I forget who who all else was in it, but it was a lot. It was a lot mm. of very graphic details. Of it like reminds me of a book I have. Things they would do to bodies after they're Ugh. dead. And I was like, ew! But let me read more. <laughs> right. This is terrible. Me. Let me read the next chapter. <laughs> it reminds me when Barnes and Noble was having a sale. I found I got a book from there. I'll have to send it to you. Let me grab it real quick. It's right here on my shelf. As you just have the the serial killer books handy right there. <laughs> I do. Oh, Monster of Florence. Yes. You sent me that book before. Did I? You okay. bought me a copy for my birthday one year. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure if I did. I think you probably bought more than mm. one copy. And you were like, here. Probably. But this one, that one messed me up because they still haven't found the person. Yeah. To this day. That one messed me up. I wonder how many many more crimes are going to be solved by genetics now, though, that more and more people are doing like the 23andMe or the Ancestry one. Like, do you have any DNA evidence? Maybe just put it in this thing. And like, as soon as they did that with the Golden State Killer... I think that just opened it up to, you know, because anybody can do it. So they just have to find that, like, one familiar relation. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the Zodiac. Come on, guys. Everybody do your DNA. (laughs) Give the government your blood. (laughs) Like, come on, guys. I'm thinking on it now. (laughs) Because, like, with with the uh, Golden State Killer, that was a big one for me. Like, I was, like, reading that reading up on that after they caught him i was like oh my god this is crazy finally so i'm like all right now they need to do zodiac please and thank you catch him i wonder for those people though that like if they just somehow don't have any family right like no no living family that would do that or they'd be like i don't know six seven times removed or whatever it is where you just like lose that it's nobody directly related i don't know I don't know, but good but for I'll like Paul all. Holes for Golden State Killer for thinking. Oh, here's an option that we can do. Yeah, that's some no real kidding. inventive. Because it helped out, and that guy is now behind bars. Yeah, he's old, but they caught yeah. him. But it makes me mad the life that he had after he stopped killing. Yeah, like it makes me so mad. Like, oh, he got to have kids, and he got to have a family, and live a full life. Fuck you, dude. Like, it makes me so mad. Yep. <laughs> like, this fucking asshole. Like, <laughs> It's not fair. I don't like it. Right. Like, I'm glad he's behind bars. But fuck that guy. He didn't deserve that life. He took yeah. other people's. He doesn't deserve that. Like, oh. Yeah. That'd be tough <laughs> to be his family member, too, to be like, oh, this person will have this relationship with. But I'm, oh, yeah. Just like imagine that. <laughs> That'd be tough to be related to somebody that they catch for something like that. Exactly. Like imagine if all of a sudden you did a DNA test and like the cops surround your dad. Like what? I could never see yeah. that. You could never see that. But that'd be like one of those instances where you'd be like, 
What is going on? That's got to give you a complex at that point. Yeah. Because everything your whole life has been like, oh, yeah, it's got to be messing with the family. If they didn't know. Mm. Yeah. I mean, well, I'm a pretty cynical person anyway. So if somebody tomorrow was like, your husband killed someone and we have this DNA evidence, I'd be like, oh, fuck that guy. (laughs) (laughs) We've been married. uh, Let me file the papers now. Thanks, buddy. We just had our 15-year anniversary yesterday. But at the same time, if that came out... I I couldn't be the wife that's like, but I can't see my husband doing that, but I love him so much. And we have this family. And people family. giving fake alibis. Yeah. People giving fake alibis because they're like, well, he wasn't with me, but I just know he, he it wasn't him. So I'm just going to say that he was with me so that they can just leave him alone. Nah, bitch. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, no, no, no. His ass wasn't with me. Let me let me show you text where I was looking for him. I have no loyalty for shit like that. But at the same time, if someone, (laughs) if there's a woman and she's like, hey, uh, this thing happened, I'd be like, well, (laughs) let me give you some disposal tips. Let's talk this through. (laughs) But not over the phone. Give me a minute. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Meet me at some random location. So it would depend on what my husband did. (laughs) Right. Like, did you right. assault a woman or a child? No, you're done. I don't care. <laughs> right. I don't care. My mom said it too. <laughs> My mom and I had that conversation after one of these things, like seeing the parents like so fiercely defend like their killer children. And you're like, yeah. And I said something to my mom. My mom's like, I would never do that. And I looked at her. No. I was like, excuse me. She's like, no, nah. bitch. No. I was like, what? She's like, I love you. You kill an innocent and I would person? still love nope. you. She's yeah. like, I would still love you. But if you murdered somebody, I like if we were watching cops or something, I think it what it was, and the parents were like, Oh, he I'm not hiding my fugitive child. And they were hiding them in the house somewhere. She's like, No. I'd be yeah. like, This is her location, go find her there. She's like, I'm not I'm not taking the fall. When you're doing shit like that, no, fuck that. I'll point them in your direction and say, just take her alive, please and thank you. She's like, I'll yeah. still love you. She's like, but you would deserve to be caught. I was like, that's <laughs> holy shit, mom. But as a mother, I go, yeah, yeah, I get it. As a mother, I go, yeah, I get it. Yeah. And my parents always told me from the time I was like teenager, if you get arrested for any reason, plan to stay in jail because we're not going to get you out. Like, you're you're just going to learn from your mistake. <laughs> and I'm that way with Liam, too. I'm like, I love this little boy, but if someday I'm going to have to tell him that he gets to be a teenager. If you fuck up, you got to stay in there. Like that Brock Hampton case. I think that was his last name, oh, Hampton. That the Bro- Brock. Um, Brock Turner. Brock Turner, Turner I think. Yeah. Okay, maybe I read that. Yeah. Turner, whatever that douche canoe. Oh my god, these mothers. Mm. And after, like, the dad being like, Why should his life be ruined over 10 minutes of fun? Fuck you, fuck your mom, yeah, fuck where you came from, just fuck off and die. And like, the mother writing in a letter being like, This is gonna ruin his life. And I'm like, Like, What did they do to her? Fucking ruined her. Yeah. 
It was just 10 minutes of fun. The anger. Because <laughs> rape is so much fun. And the judge it doesn't too. affect you for the rest of your life. Yeah. It's like, why is nobody caring about the victim in this case? Like, oh, she was drinking at a party. Like, she just deserved it. Was how it sounded. Like, mm-hmm. no, they just didn't care. Mm-hmm. I had this argument yep. with a guy in high school, too. It was like, if a girl's drinking, is it her fault if she gets raped? And he was like, well, she should watch what she's doing. And I was like, no. <laughs> and we're done. He's like two feet taller than me. I was like, I will climb up on a chair to punch you in the face right now. <laughs> It doesn't matter what somebody's wearing. It doesn't matter what they did beforehand. Does not give somebody else the right to assault you or rape you or kill you. And that's what, like, we realized. um, I figured out I had really bad triggers in high school that I never knew because I was always the person that took a lot of shit and said nothing when people, like, were really awful to me. But apparently, I fiercely protect other women. Had no idea. And I had a friend come up to me crying. And I was like, what happened? And this guy, I say dated, that's loosely. It's like when you're kids, you're not really dating. But I had this boyfriend in kindergarten. And like, (laughs) yeah, it was one of those. Like, that's how long I had known him from kindergarten. And so we were friends at this point in high school. I was ready to, like, just to beat the ever-loving snot out of this guy. She came up to me and said that he had slapped her. And all of a sudden something had switched in me. And I went, where is he? And teachers backed out of the way when they saw me booking it down the hallway. And everybody's like, where is she going? I took off at a full, a full run, found him in the lunchroom, right? Went up to the table that is all dudes because I'm like friends with them all because I was friends with all of them. And I got in his face and I said, who the fuck do you think you are? And also he's like, what is going on? Because <laughs> I'm always like passive and just like, oh, it's okay. Oh, little old me. Oh, I'll take it. But I'm in this dude's face cussing him out. And the whole lunchroom gets silent. And everybody just ta- stops to look at me cussing this dude out like you're a piece of shit motherfucker i'm gonna hit me hit me motherfucker i dare you and he's like i'm not gonna touch you oh but you can touch her you're not gonna touch me dear i dare you i'm in his face like just give me a reason to hit you and like he's like what the fuck's going on looking at and everybody's like all of a sudden one of the pair pros or security comes up and I had, they were like checking on what the issue was. And I had said that he had slapped someone. He's like, we'll handle it. I said, yeah, you fucking better. Because if you don't, I will. And they're like, okay. okay. I mean, I, I cussed at this <laughs> security like officer. And they're like, all right, girl, you go ahead. And I, I walked away and I was like, I like fucking like jumped at him. I was like, I dare you. And I walked away. He got suspended. I didn't. <laughs> Everybody learned that Stephanie has a trigger. And apparently it's when dudes <laughs> abuse women. And maybe that's why I'm into crime. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, I think we can but just blame the like, whole thing on our childhood and how they kind of push the topics of morbid stuff at us from a mm-hmm. very young age. And that was normal. 
and then we grew up and everyone well not everyone everyone but most people in our age group women specifically are like <laughs> true crime obsessed very much so and it's usually everybody in our age group unsolved mysteries cold case files uh the investigation discovery channel <laughs> oh i've watched a lot of, of id stuff I've watched a lot of ID. Any true crime document, like serial killer documentaries. I listen to serial killer podcasts. Sounds we like you have, have a, a bird se- in there. We have a true crime podcast. I think it's a chipmunk, like up in the roof. What do you want? <laughs> he wants to be a new co-host. I, I don't know where he is, but apparently he's very mad. I'm out here in a space. Maybe it's some lady squirrel like, hey, look, I thought this was for moms. I'm here to talk about mom stuff. Can I talk about my kids? Listen, chipmunk, I reserved this space for an hour. So you're going to give me a break. She's like, it's seven oh, seconds past your hour. Give it up, buttercup. Yeah. She's like, you've had your time. It's my turn. You're, you're in my space. I need to come down for snacks. You can hear this in the background. I am I'm recording from what's essentially a barn behind my house. So, because the inside of my house sounds like it's been taken over by video games and shouting, a shouting child and a shouting man. All right, listen. <laughs> can you not? Give me five minutes. said look lady i want to talk about my kids now (laughs) yeah i have 500 chipmunk children i need to tell you about all of them (laughs) i have their names right here (laughs) rolls out a list there are some repeats but they're far enough in age that doesn't matter (laughs) they've left home we no longer speak otherwise (laughs) did i tell you about the the time a uh squirrel was murdered in front of me <laughs> by another squirrel. No, a uh, true crime was, right in front of you. It was a true crime squirrel, uh, squirrel murder. So walking through this trail, wives and there were these, there were these two squirrels up in the tree, like way above us, and they're hopping around, like jumping at each other. I don't know if they were fighting or what. And then just all of a sudden, this one squirrel comes straight out of the tree and splat. Right on the ground in front of me. And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I've just witnessed a squirrel murder. I don't know if the squirrel cops ever showed up. I did not have Do a I signal. Call DNR? Like, Yeah. I couldn't call the squirrel cops to report a murder. So I don't know what happened Chip and there. Dale when you need them. Right? They, um... Oh, didn't they have a detective show... <laughs> I think so, Chippendale. Well, then there was Tailspin. I didn't have Tailspin's number. <laughs> See, there you go. Not even DuckTales or, um, could come. <laughs> rescuers Down Under. There you go, the Rescuers Down Under. Well, they mostly rescued children um, trapped in Australia. So, <laughs> and, and the female sounded a lot like Zsa Zsa Gabor. <laughs> yeah. That was a fancy mouse. A fancy mouse. And the, the one mouse had the nice little, um, is it like a newsboy hat? What, I forget what kind it was or what it was called. But that's the kind of stuff that we had as children. So it's like they were prepping us 
of a life of true crime. Like, watch Rescuers yeah. Down Under, where children are getting kidnapped and thrown in cages. Yeah. And, like, thrown out to gators. Like, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Like, we were prepped for it. Yeah. They <sighs> wanted us say? all to be aware. And, you know, and McGruff, the crime dog, you know, we had lots of... <laughs> Oh, do you see the TikTok where somebody bought a McGruff costume? No. And then they did like a, <laughs> God. they did like a short of McGruff just being this like badass detective who's going and beating people up and like biting them. And then Blockbuster did this thing where you could go into Blockbuster and get your picture taken as a child. Against one of those like screens that shows your height behind you, you know, oh, yeah, just in you case you're kidnapped. Chart, and it makes a video. Yep. Yeah, in case you're kidnapped. My mom did that with me. Yeah, like the video where it's like I state my name, my age, yeah. my favorite color. Yeah, and then my mom had me fingerprinted too. Yep, just in case. It's crazy. Like that's how we were raised, <laughs> right? Like, that's normal. It's normal just to take your kid to get their fingerprints and picture and all that stuff. Just in case, in case. you know, they're murdered. Or kidnapped. Case, or, or kidnapped. In case you're stolen, we'll find you over this fingerprint. What? Yeah. It gives us a complex as kids. You can always be on the lookout. Someone's going to get me. <laughs> yep. Be aware. 24-7. No matter what you do. And you know what? It's still the case. Be alert mm-hmm. at all times. Mm-hmm. And I'm still, when I'm out, it's like, my phone is at the ready, but I'm not looking at it. And, like, the key's in the hand. <laughs> from the time, especially girls, from the time we're young, we are constantly taught to protect ourselves. It's crazy. Anyway. <laughs> so, question of the day? Yeah. Um, What would a world populated by clones of you be like? Oh, wow. We wouldn't want that world. (laughs) They'd just be constantly anxious, full of anxiety, depressed, and then, like, angry. But, like, overly nice, like, people pleasers. I'd just be, like, trying to, like, make myself feel better, like, the next door me. Like, oh, are you? No, you say you're okay, but I don't think you're okay. What can I do to make it better for you? But then also get, like, really angry at the drop of a hat. <laughs> but they're just constantly anxious and depressed. God, that would be, be really awful. Nice to each other. <laughs> we wouldn't want that world. I, I, please no. <laughs> I think mine would just have a lot of people that didn't want to leave their house ever. Uh, True. So that could, that could be an issue. Like, you go to work, you do what you got to do. And you go home. So businesses would not do well, probably. No. Unless it was, like, younger me that liked to be out and do stuff more. Right. I mean, and me, I don't like currency. And if the world is populated by me, maybe I would just get rid of currency. And it would just be us, like, feeding each other and just, like, hanging out all day. Like, what's the point of work? Let's just feed each other. Fuck it. Yeah. (laughs) Like... What do you want to do? Do you want to go work over here? Oh, no. It'd be like... No. That sounds like it'd be like a social society. <laughs> yeah. No, I, like, nothing would get done before noon. 
Because we'd all be just like sleeping and all day if we could. Uh, it'd be bad. The be world terrible. needs variety. And just a whole bunch of me would not be good. No. we'd Everybody <laughs> would just be talking to each other over the internet. <laughs> and then, oh. uh, no. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this weird conversation that we just had. Yes, thank you for listening. And uh, be sure to tune in to our other podcast, The Michigan Murders. Where we talk just straight Michigan-specific true crime. All right. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Music was provided by Kevin McLeod. The intro was titled Work, and the outro was titled Aerosol of My Love, and can be found at incomptech.filmmusic.io.